Hello, welcome to the Flophouse Mini. That's right, it's the Flophouse, but it's a slightly smaller episode. It's just the length of a normal podcast episode and not one of our normal extra-sized, which is for us regular-sized episodes. And so, to wrap <laughs> up, just to remind you, the Mini is regular-sized, which is smaller than our normal episodes, which are bigger-sized than regular podcasts. I'm Elliot Kalin, your not-complicated-at-all host, and joining me are my regular co-hosts... Dan McCoy... Oh, and right over here, it's Stuart Wellington. And joining us today is a very special guest, a luminary of the video game scene, uh, but you probably know him best for his important role in the secret origins of the Flophouse, the person who created the comedy space through which Dan and I first met and became bestest buddies. That's right, it's Eric Marsizak, former New York comedy impresario, current Canadian video game impresario. <laughs> Whew, okay, that was the sound <laughs> of. Uh, this is my first podcast, so I've never been on a podcast. So yeah, like, did you I just pop up? Er, okay, er, Alex, loop in a fucking bottle popping sound effect back there. Okay. It was awesome. Yeah. It looked great. Yeah, it didn't case, make a lot of noise though. Yeah, it didn't make a lot <laughs> oh, of noise didn't. on the. Uh, well, maybe I don't know. Maybe well, Eric, uh, Eric popped a bottle of champagne, but it appears to be a screw top bottle of champagne uh, than no. a, a cork. So mm-hmm. no, I. I Popped it off the way you're supposed to, right, Stuart? I don't know. If uh, you, it didn't go flying across you did the room. It, you did it perfectly. It just didn't <laughs> yeah, cause okay. a lot of sound. That's why I'm telling Alex. Uh, Alex, yeah. make sure to loop it. Okay. Make it sound insane. I want now, people right. to be like <laughs> wondering if there's an earthquake happening in their town when they hear the, this. Yeah. The correct <laughs> way to do it, uh, Eric, in the future, the correct way to pop a champagne cork is to shoot it into Jessica Biel's eye during the mid-credit mm. scene <laughs> at the end of a very bad movie. <laughs> there's a little, yeah. there's a little uh, uh, asterisk, and then there's a little box that that asterisk leads to, which is. See the last episode, Accidental Love, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Nailed. Smile well, and Stan. Well, I, I actually got the reference because uh, I, it's a weird thing. I love this show. I just want to say. I've been listening Aww. to it forever. I'm going to take a sip, though. Since you kind of <laughs> since you kind of get credit for creating it. Uh, I don't think so. I don't know about that one. Thank you, Eric, no. for not running with that all no, the way to the courts. But I, I love the show, and I've expressed <laughs> it to Dan several times, I think. Stuart, probably not so much because we're not. We don't see each other I, that often. We're kind of like... Yeah. So ironically, um, you don't tell me much, Eric, and we talk every few weeks. No, you and I vent about like just how horrible it is to be just writing and be in this business that just wants to eat your soul all the time. Yeah, that's true. We do talk about that a lot. Uh, Well, uh, Eric, uh, to explain to listeners who may not know the secret origins of of the Flophouse. Oh, yeah. uh, Eric, uh, for many years, ran, he's a longtime friend of ours, for many years, ran comedy spaces in New York, uh, one in particular, uh, which was called Juvie Hall, underneath the Gene Frankel Theater on Bond Street. This is after we had left the place that we had gone to after leaving Show World, the uh, porn house, where uh, Eric first began his (laughs) comedy producing uh, career. Now, Uh, we can't just, we can't just (laughs) speed over, like, so the, uh, Eric ran a space called Above Kleptomania that was uh, a theater above Show World, which was one of the few remaining uh, sex, uh, I guess, live sex shows and porn places I don't, I, By in the time New York. we were there, I don't know if it was a live peep show. Yeah. Place. I think they no, just had video booths. It had, Not- it had video booths. It was basically a place where they had uh, – yeah. Giuliani came down with like this rule on all these like sex entertainment places in mm-hmm. Times Square. And he said like a percentage of this place could be for this horrible stuff of just basically a closet where a guy could watch a video clip and jerk off to it. Um, mm-hmm. But the, there had to be a percentage of the space that had to be dedicated to like a legit business. So they would have souvenirs. Yeah, 
I also yeah. want people to know, like in New York, unlike like outside of New York, everybody's got a closet in their home where they watch pornography <laughs> and just jack off onto the floor, and then a, a stranger comes and cleans it. Well, in New mm -hmm. York, you actually have to rent that. It's because yeah, not everybody. Big enough. You don't have the closet aren't space. Big enough. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. If the closet is big enough to jerk off in, it's technically a bedroom in New York, and you can rent it out. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. And now this show world had it had some very frightening uh, circus uh, themed decorations, and also some of the least accurate posters on the walls. I remember there's one of Times oh, yeah. Square that said like Times Square in 1942 and there was a big poster for the third man, a post-World War II movie. So that could not have been 1942. <laughs> oh man, was, what idiots. There, yeah. And, there was, and there, was a, there was a poster that just was a picture of Frank Sinatra that said the golden age of jazz on it. And I, it was like, <laughs> really going on a tangent, but Elliot, that's one of my glorious memories of hanging out with you while waiting for another show to finish was just like looking at this stupid poster and how, <laughs> how wrong it was. Yeah. And so after, at, at my, but my favorite memory of us performing at Show World was when I and my former sketch partner, Brock Mahan, used to perform as the hypocrites, we had very small audiences. Often it would just be like a family member of mine and then some rando who thought the girls were going to come out any, at any moment and start taking their clothes off. <laughs> and one time my grandmother, uh, who at the time was in her early 80s maybe or late 70s, it must have uh -huh. been her late 70s, was there with my mom and my sister and they went to see the show and then we were standing under the marquee afterwards uh, before, go, before going our several ways and we heard a couple walk by and the woman turned to the man and said, this place looks too tame for us. <laughs> I think it's something that my grandmother was a patron of, of the pornographic part of it. Imagine the history that your grandmother has seen and that she then got to go to Show World to watch you perform. <laughs> And uh, she did, I mean, not to go on a tangent on a tangent, but uh, my grandmother did uh, meet with many illustrious people. She told me many times about the dinner party she was at where she sat next to Jackson Pollock's art agent and tried to press him to admit that Jackson Pollock's work was garbage. <laughs> 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 that she was, she kept saying, come on, you admit it. It's not real painting, right? Admit <laughs> it. This is a bit. And the man whose job was to sell Jackson Pollock's paintings to galleries did not, uh, did not bite the, bite the bait on that one. admit it? Anyway, Eric eventually moved to this other theater space, uh, Juvie Hall, where Dan and I first met, and we all performed comedy there for a while. Not Stuart. He was too cool for that. Um, but Stuart was a patron there, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Stuart correct. was a patron. I don't, I don't know when times. you moved yeah. to New York, Stuart. When, was that when, – when Yeah, you go, it was around then. I Dan? feel like I, I either went to go see Dan perform there or yeah. I went with Dan to see uh, Elliot's show. Yeah, but no, I wasn't a performer because I uh, had not gotten over. I was still a coward and didn't like to perform in front of audiences. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Stuart, yeah, Stuart was very kind to come either way because uh, you know this is this was not uh, you know Eric. No, no, you know, no insult to you who has have launched uh, many great comedy careers. Uh, ours and Sarah Schaefer and Matt Koff and uh, various folks went through the whole. Th but this is this is not the 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 high end of New York comedy that we're talking about. This is yeah, yeah. a small basement black box theater. <laughs> One can can imagine, I guess, that uh, since the last theater was literally in a, a sex shop, that this. This was a step up, but we were not rocketing straight to the top. It was even though uh, literally it was a step down. It was below it was ground. Below, yeah. yeah. No, it was. It was. I mean, like at that time, that was a crazy time of comedy um, in New York City. There was the UCB Theater. There was another one. There was a Pit. There was all these other theaters that were kind of competing for people and classes. Most of them there wanted was, you to kind of join their cult and pay three hundred dollars so that you could learn how to do. And so, Eric, stuff. would you say that yours was either the was yours either the friendliest theater or the least successful cult? I'd say the least successful cult. 
because oh, I, yeah. I did not charge any money for anybody to pay for any classes. And, so and probably... uh, readers of, was it the Post or the Daily News may remember that Eric is notorious oh, as the man who was quoted in the paper as saying, Lorne Michaels is an old man who needs to step aside and leave it, so give it SNL to someone you know, else. Caused, a, still was, hasn't was, done it. Wait, <laughs> all right, he hasn't. He hasn't. Uh, yeah, I was, any day, I was, though. <laughs> any day he's going to. Yeah, and no, this, this I, caused a, this caused a furor in which uh, the Upper Citizens Brigade took to the message boards to lambast Eric in a, really? in a, in a real example of, <laughs> yeah. of yeah. all these comedians standing up for the biggest man in television yeah. comedy. He's fucking caping yeah. for Saturday Night Fucking Live. Jesus. Yeah, it was a real, real admirable case of the most successful alt comedy theater uh, supporting the most successful sketch comedy show. Uh, in American history against a tiny downtown theater. <laughs> brave, no, stuff, I, look, brave stuff, brave stuff, good stuff. Okay, I can't pay, yeah, yeah. paint Champions. me as like, you can't paint the us and me and the show that we were doing as like totally innocent. I had a show called Saturday Night Rewritten <laughs> that was literally <laughs> like, we're going to watch Saturday Night Live and then the next day we're going to basically be inspired by what they did and write a whole new show in less time and it could be almost as funny as that show. <laughs> oh, I think it was funnier. It was certainly less professional, but I think yeah. often it was funnier than the show the night before. Yeah. 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 Funnier than Saturday a... Night Live? History's <laughs> least funny show that I've watched every episode of? Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think that it was... Uh, part of the problem was the framing of the show made it seem much more like we were just taking Saturday Night Live sketches and tweaking and, and them. literally rewriting, yeah. which we were, yeah. which were not. Which the sketches not themselves were all new sketches. It was yeah. yeah, it was a completely new show that was vaguely inspired by SNL in the same way that an improv uh, scene is inspired by a word from the audience. But uh, yeah. but but the but like a, a full disclosure, like you know, it's a hundred years later. Uh, <laughs> I like I. The name was on purpose. the The explanation of the show was on purpose to kind of get audience members through the door. The interview, oh yeah, of course. The interview that I did, where I called Lorne Michaels a grandpa who should retire, which I think he was about twenty years ago still. But well, now he's a I, mummy that, who should retire. But you I, were just being a prov uh, provocateur. Yeah, I was. I was oh. being a young asshole who was trying to get more butts in the seats and oh, like maybe sure. be like, hey. This guy thinks he's, you know, these, you know, like an asshole. Oh, totally, totally. You, you like a disruptor. It was a total get. It was a gamble. You, you, were, a you, were a, you were a sketch comedy disruptor. Yeah, yeah. And you were hoping that day would come where the lights would go up and there was just clapping and there's one person in the seats and it's Lorne Michaels. And he said, well, the gauntlet uh, has been thrown down. The, a worthy competitor. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well, well. But that being the case, uh, people should have uh, taken you about as seriously as I always took you, which is not yeah. that much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, but what this is, episode is not just about Eric's career as a comedy provocateur. Uh, really? Bar, par none. Uh, <laughs> uh, with non-parallel. Uh, Eric is here because uh, another thing that Eric really uh, stoked in us, although I think he wasn't the first stoker, but certainly he was uh, Bram someone Stoker who, was one of the early mm -hmm. stokers. Yeah, Bram Stoker Austin was a very stoker. Stoker, really certainly. Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. Stoker, the movie, which actually came later than, than the events. Stroker that we're be <laughs> 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 you know, well, once you once you introduce Strokers, there's a whole history that goes back even oh, farther. Lordy. Uh so but uh Eric is also a bad movie connoisseur. And Eric, uh we were talking about before the show, you and I, about talking about some of our memories of being maybe over eager bad movie connoisseurs, and one movie in particular 
that uh, that we glommed onto. Uh, yeah, the movie is new. As, as someone as someone who used to as someone who used to go to video stores and buy used tapes well, yeah. that looked like they'd be bad movies. Right. Uh, maybe I'm just, maybe it's my age or whatever, and I'm looking back, and I'm and it's also it's this convergence of being old. <laughs> wondering why I still like bad movies and wondering why I also devote my time to like listening to you guys every episode. <laughs> cool. oh, like, wait a minute, dude. I, hold, on, hold on. No, hold but on. Just, hold I, on. But really thinking don't about Don't give it. us the Lauren Michaels treatment. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You guys should all retire. Don't disrupt this podcast. Yeah. I gotta go text the UCB theater to come beat you up. <laughs> oh my God. They will if I step inside. Oh wait, they don't exist anymore. Burn. Oh, oh wow. Oh, you really, man, I mean, who you, outlived who? I mean, you yeah. didn't, your theater I didn't. ended I, long I before theirs did, but yeah, I, but know, I, mean, I know I ran away. <laughs> you literally went over the went over the boundary to another country. I had to. I got so scared of certain <laughs> people. I just had to run. I had to go on the run. Uh, no, so thinking about all this kind of stuff, I still because I, I guys, I like I said, and I don't think I finished the thought, but I love this show. I love I love it. And I used to be a fan that used to be like, "Ooh, I see the title of what they're watching. Let me watch the movie and then." listen to what they have to say. And then I kind of over time evolved to the point of just like, I just like what they say, <laughs> like what you guys are yeah. talking about. And, and I think it's that communal feeling that I've chased throughout my life with bad movies. And there's something about it that I find fascinating. And you guys provide that little like hour and a half, two hours longish or whatever. Sometimes more. Guys, sometimes more. Like, once a once a week that I get, even with the guests and the mini episodes, like it's still like I like hanging out with you guys, even though it's all one sided. Like I don't think I've spoken to Stuart since pre pandemic. Uh, no, <laughs> probably no. a wedding or some other function. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, maybe at a live show we kind of like cross paths, but then like Dan occasionally we email and Elliot we we chat. Uh, we talk on the phone regularly. But yeah, so uh, so Eric, it's a but it's bad movies are no longer the 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 glue of your social life that they once were. <laughs> No, they're not. But and I'm. What is the glue me. of your social life now, Eric? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a parent. He doesn't Let's have a parent. I have nothing. <laughs> yeah, I have nothing yes. but you guys. <laughs> it's one way conversation. For me, it's booze. I, I mean, it's pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's for glue. Dan. Weirdly, like <laughs> yeah, I have a glue, glue making class. Yeah. And so, Eric. So you were talking about Nuki. There's this one particular yeah. movie that that is a that was a big one for Eric and me, and and also Eric and and other friends of ours. But uh, it, it's a movie that was mentioned in, I think, multiple speeches at your wedding, Eric. Yeah. Um, so tell us about tell us about Nuki. We can make this an unofficial miss that movie, even though well, I've seen this movie several times. Uh, well, my question is, Dan and Stuart, have you guys seen it? Uh, I I have not seen it. I've seen Elliot's presentation on Nuki probably eight to ten times. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yes. I used to do I've it a lot. I've seen this presentation yeah. so many times, and the message of Elliot's presentation is – don't watch the movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I tell you, every time I've seen him do it, like three people come up to me afterwards and they're like, man, I got to watch Nuki. I'm like, you weren't <laughs> listening, dude. I don't even want your take on Fight Club now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't care if you like the Chinese ending more where they arrest him at the end. The buildings don't I mean, blow up. I gotta say that's a, that's it's quite a choice. It's a twist that I was not expecting. I'm impressed. Well, I, learning learning in these past week or, this past week or two that that China often will I guess end movies with a text screen that just says everyone was arrested. It turned out okay. That's the way that Unbreakable. That's the ends. end of Unbreakable, so we, baby. So we got the uh, we got the Chinese edit of Unbreakable in the theaters. <laughs> Which master of twists himself? I think he can appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah. Game recognized game. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Eric, tell us about Nuki. What's what's Nuki. give us the basic facts? Uh, okay, 
So we start on a tracking shot. It's in. I don't well, think we can go into Long that. Island. I don't think we can go into that much detail. <laughs> no, let's get in the weeds it's, here, boys. <laughs> it's a tracking shot in Long Island City. Oh, okay. One Fred Durst is walking down the street, his hat <laughs> no, no, backwards, that, and he's walking. I, th- I think straight. you're. I know, sir, Eric. I think you're thinking, talking about talking about the video for Nookie. Not 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 the movie oh, Nuki. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry about that. Uh, no, Nuki. So Nuki was this weird movie that I found uh, at the time. There were in New York City. There was a lot of mom and pop VHS stores that were going out of business that were like just closing down, and they had to sell their stocks. So it'd be like five movies for twenty bucks, and you'd look at these covers, and you're like, "What the hell is this shit?" So you put it on one time, and it was just watching it at home, and it was it's basically a knockoff of ET. Somehow, learning now, like looking at the information now, it was filmed in South Africa. Like it's mm. a South African production. So it's kind of a knockoff of trying to do that. And it was – It's filmed in this, South Africa, not not before the end of the bad times in South Africa. Right. So, oh, sorry, like, not after. It was, yeah, it was before the end of the bad times. It was, it, was, it was a time when you really didn't want to be affiliated with South Africa. Right. And so it's basically like – it's a story of two brothers that get separated – and one is captured by NASA, and These the other aliens. one is the aliens. Yeah, yeah, that's a key yeah. key point to them. <laughs> key, key point. Yeah, is I forgot Nuki, about that. I, I would describe them first as aliens, brothers second. <laughs> brothers. They probably yeah, right. They would say brothers first. Themselves as brothers first, and not aliens at all because yeah, okay, they no. see the Earth people as aliens because exactly. they're on the other planet. Yeah. Oh, I guess that makes sense because they're. They're just normal, right? And we're the aliens. <laughs> like yeah. when they show up, when right. it, may, it doesn't. It never makes sense in movies when aliens show up. Guys, and go, we're from outer space. No, they're from home. About, we live in outer space. To them, yeah. I mean, like, actually, everybody's in outer space. We just happen to be sitting on this rock. You know, that's a very yeah. good point. Very and, good point. Money is all made up. Do you ever think about this? Like, it just has the value <laughs> that on, we put on. Hold on, Dan. I have a picture of a of a chimp wearing a hat that <laughs> oh, I really yeah. want to sell you for a million dollars. Okay. Now, well, now that, that we started down that road, made up. I mean, who cares? You should just. It's true. Yeah, just give it to me. It's not real money. <laughs> oh man, Eric's room got really cool. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I I have this I have this for work. Uh, just anytime, it, like the conversation gets really like college drugged out kind of heavy. <laughs> I just I go back to a dorm where it's got Bob Marley on the yep. wall. You know, there's what yeah, like, across the universe movie yeah, poster. Yeah, That's Julie cool. Tamer. No frame. Movie across Doesn't the need a frame. Why would you <laughs> put a frame on a poster? Yeah, it's a movie no, poster. frames aren't real. Let's just talk <laughs> about money. The poster wants to be free. <laughs> Is that a is that a tapestry on the ceiling or is that just uh, another movie poster? It's Garden State right next to it. <laughs> oh wow, that's really cool. Probably something of uh, mm. some mountain sea. Oh, and is uh, is Dan sitting on a hamburger grill? Yeah, Dan has a background Whoa. of uh, the singing that guitar hamburger from uh, Better Off Dead, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This is a that's a scene that <laughs> lives in my brain. <laughs> You know, I, I much like uh, Bernstein and uh, Citizen Kane. I don't think a month goes by that I don't think about that scene from Better Off Dead where uh, yeah, Hamburger saw, sings for no reason. You saw that claymation hamburger for just a couple of minutes. He didn't see you at all. Yeah, yeah, but a month doesn't go by. Uh, so uh, Eric, Nuki, and Nico, yes. they're brothers from space. One lands, one's captured in America. The other lands in Africa. Right. Right. And so okay. it's really about them trying to connect with each other or get back together so that they can kind of like be with each other and then kind of leave the earth because it's pretty dangerous and fucked up. And there's one, so the one brother that's at NASA is just getting like studied by NASA and getting pumped with drugs. And there's a drama there and he's in the U S and the other one is in (laughs) Africa who befriends like a tribe and it's really weird, but 
they try to meet each other. And in the end, the happy ending is, of course, they meet each other and they, they take a talking chimp with them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's, back a, into there's space. also a chimp that they can, well, because because Nuki can talk to animals. Nuki has a bewildering right. variety of powers. He oh. can freeze people with his mind. He can change the weather. He can talk to animals. But he spends a lot of the movie just kind of like with his head in his hands, not knowing what to do and like right. sitting in the sun looking like depressed. A lot of those powers seem easily uh, represented on film with not a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, I think oh, you'd be correct. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it is. And Miko, on the other hand, his brother, he can he can leave the lab where he's being tortured on his I own can. will. He keeps leaving and then walking back in again, uh, which is confusing. See, that is a detail I've already started to delete in my head. <laughs> oh, he, like, he like walks out of the chamber they kept him in, has a conversation with the computer for a long time, and then That's walks back in remember. again. Yeah. And you're like, just go, Miko, just go. Now, uh, what right. I recall from the Nuki presentation that, again, I've seen several times, uh, is that one or both of the aliens is very snotty that there's yeah, like that's a lot Nuki. of that's yeah Nuki, Nuki yeah. constantly has he constantly has snot dripping out of his nose yeah <laughs> and this is not done Eric it's not done comically right it's not comedically it's just no like, I think he's it's suffering just there. from the environment or he's uh, got like a cold or something <laughs> but it just it's it's always it's a thing that they had to have somebody on set be like oh it's dried up let's spray more nose snot ooze coming and from his nose that's like, not really highlights the character design of them having very enormous upper lips like right yes. It, like yeah. they look kind of like the Grinch or like when Sam Elliott shaves off his mustache and you're like, what is going on here? <laughs> or like when you look at Bruce Willis and you realize just how much space is between his nose and upper lip, which is quite a bit. Like yeah. to <laughs> if I recall, they kind of look like the the exact midpoint between, say, E.T. and a big turd. Like if yes. you like, yeah. yeah, very much so. Yeah, like an ambulatory pile of dog poop. Yeah. Yeah. And the great thing is that they built Two, like you could almost if you if you were going to do like a cheap movie, you'd be like, so ah, I got kiss. one Nuki suit, and like you know, you put on a a hat, and it's like, ah, that's Miko. No, they they built two for the very dramatic scene at the end where they hug each other and mm. like with yeah, share as their opposed snot. to a Tanuki suit, which allows you to turn into a statue for just a very short amount of time. Yeah, and that's fly. A, yeah, and fly also. Yeah, that would yeah. be very No, the statue's more important. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you can fly just using a maple leaf, like, or using a leaf. You know, you know, the Tanuki suit gives you the statue power. That's also. true, it's true. Yeah. Multiple anyway, uses. Anyway, this is all Super Mario Brothers talk. Welcome to welcome to, uh, welcome. <laughs> to Super Boys, uh, the Super Mario Brothers podcast, where we talk about just the costumes that, that Mario gets to wear. But yeah, so, like... Talk about Karibo shoe, Karubo shoe. I don't know how you pronounce it, but you know that shoe let, lets you bounce around on piranha plants. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> and they say that the tech industry isn't solving real world problems. Yep. <laughs> so is this uh, a so, video game podcast? It's whatever we want it to be. It's a mini. Okay. So anyway, so I think I, I feel like we haven't fully gotten across just how how bad Nuki is because it sounds like just any other ET ripoff shot in apartheid South Africa with uh <laughs> with uh with characters who are constantly being tortured and there's it's not flying pouring out of their noses. There's just an air of like depression around the whole thing, right? There's an air of depression, but there's also like at the same time it's mixed in with like they were trying to make a movie. Like they weren't doing a trauma thing where they're just kind of like yeah. make this crazy ass shit. Like this was this was a it's like somebody was like, this'll be great for kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like this they love et they'll love this well like, i think that that puts your finger i mean like nuki is notoriously bad again uh elliot's messages don't watch it but but i think that 
what you're saying puts your finger on one of the things I do like about bad movies to get back to kind of the general question we started with, yeah. mm-hmm. which is that, you know, watching a movie of that caliber, which is to say lower than uh, <laughs> most movies normal people will ever watch, uh, I do find a certain joy in seeing it and seeing the people who made it thinking like, we are making a movie. Like the the excitement of 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 filmmaking, just like that. Like we are telling a story. We are part of it. We are Hollywood. Yeah. We are that making Muppet a show movie. Magic Factory stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's the way. Like you know, uh, I think that Be Kind Rewind is kind of an underrated uh, movie. It doesn't like it doesn't go a lot of places plot wise, but I think that it captures that joy of like the do it yourself homemade film. Uh, and I think that if you watch a really low budget, poorly made movie, you get some of that same joy where you can really see the handcrafted quality of the crap you're watching. I think this I think Nuki is high enough budget that it does not have that handcrafted oh, okay. feel. Uh it has big stars in it, Glennis Johns, Steve Railsback, huge stars. And yes. uh, and uh the but uh but I know what you mean. There's I mean that's that's part of the as much as Neil Breen's movies are a are a horrifying look into the into the mind of a man who is who seems to have uh, been brought here only to hate the world that uh, that he has yeah. found himself trapped on, uh, there is there is an endearing quality of the like, yeah, this guy's doing it. Like he's I've I've never gotten my act together enough to make a movie, but this guy's doing it. It doesn't matter how bad it is. Like he's gonna make it. He's gonna make yeah. it happen. I have watched, by the way, I have not watched all of Twisted Pair. I have watched the first 30 minutes of Twisted Pair. Then I shut it off, intending to get back to it, and I haven't done it yet. But uh, that's the one. That's the most recent one, which we haven't covered on the uh, on the podcast. I just want to report back to you guys that based on the first 30 minute, he has moved into a whole new area, which is the film is almost entirely made of stock footage that he has inserted himself into <laughs> and seemingly written a story around. I mean, that's Ed Wood stuff. That's the, ma- yeah, that's the magic of filmmaking. Yeah. That's yeah. the he, stop, won't stop. Did he use the what? promo code from the flop house to get some of that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That <laughs> yeah. From story, story blocks. blocks huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah. The thing like Neil Breen is like a lot of the, uh, a lot of the heavy metal artists that I have liked over the years where I'm like, Oh, I like the music, but this guy's a creep. And that's the thing about Neil Breen is you're like, Oh, he does some things that are really great. Like dumb bullshit. But he's a horrible person who has bad ideas. <laughs> so I well, so what is it then about? I I understand. There's a there's a part of me that I that gets so much pleasure out of watching a bad movie with other people. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and enjoying it with them. And but I want, but there's a, there's a period in my life where I I crossed that Rubicon of watching bad movies by myself, and that was a big mistake. That was a big mistake. Huge. Uh, in the in the words of referencing one, a good movie <laughs> the, uh, of one's Juliet one Juliet Roberts <laughs> that that uh the what happens what ha- have you guys had experience with that with uh, suddenly finding yourself watching a bad movie by yourself I mean Dan you were just talking about watching Twisted Pair so I guess you're still <laughs> living in that in that zone <laughs> uh, yeah well look it it all depends on where your your life is at Elliot like uh, I I <laughs> there was uh you know a few years where I was uh, let's say extra sad when I was watching bad mm-hmm. movies on my own and uh, having a, a, a cocktail while, whilst doing so. And I wouldn't recommend that lifestyle to to folks. But now that my life is uh, back in a, a more happy, stable place, um, 
you know, I can enjoy a bad movie on my own. But I, I would definitely recommend that you do it with people. Like, uh, it, it really is. It does cross the line into a shameful waste of time once you're just <laughs> doing it by yourself. Yeah, I like for me, the, like this is uh, the core of it. Like I started. And it's, it was, it's very, I remember I have this vivid memory. I was like, I was at a sleepover with some friends. We weren't, we mm-hmm. didn't have a pillow fight. This is only a couple of years ago, right? Only a couple <laughs> of years ago. But I was like, I was trying to do the math on it and I was like 10 or 11. And it's like, there's a friend of mine just being like, hey, have you seen Up USA's Up All Night? Like, let's, mm. wa- like, let's watch this. Dan's and, eyes just <laughs> lit up. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah that's, now this brings Dan to the happiest. What were they showing? Uh, Screwballs, California uh, Hot Wax, uh, it, Bikini Car Wash Company Two. What, what, what bikini business based business were they? <laughs> the were, they inter- were they investigating? Joysticks, it was actually what was it? A, a bikini. It was a bikini store. It was just it was a bikini. Mm. Oh, okay, so Malibu bikini middle, man. shop. You got to start yeah. from somewhere. Probably uh, a Malibu the, bikini shop. I would submit, I would say objection, Your Honor, that uh, USA Up All Night, there is a secondary motive here, aside from watching a bad movie, uh, that involves the uh, what, what's been termed the cheapest special effect, which is the human boob. So I would, I would say it falls into a different category of shameful things to do by yourself. Uh, Elliot, I've arguably spent more money on human boobs than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, USA up all night, bunch of boys hanging around. I bet this party was great. The passing popcorn Puberty. around, yeah, sneaking cokes. Thing we're talking, we're sneaking we're, cokes. <laughs> no, we're just the the thing is like it was the first time. I'm an only child, so it was like for me, it was like oh wow, I'm hanging out with other people. And we're kind of watching a movie and like mm. we're talking about it. We're not like in a theater where you kind of have to be quiet. We're just being assholes in in, in somebody's room and just kind of ragging on it. We put ourselves above this like piece of shit that's on tv like uh, so somehow i keep coming back to like that kind of thing and it's come back in a different form i get that there's a you get you feel when you first start watching bad movies you do feel a sense of superiority like can you believe this garbage like this is ridiculous who would make this and it's only as you as as the amount of bad movies that you watch overtakes the amount of good movies that you're like oh no now i'm beneath it now like I don't even have I don't even ha- I'm just a spectator. I, I don't even have it in me to go out and make a bad movie. I'm just sitting here watching them, filling my life with them. Well, also mm-hmm. the more the, that the, I've the bad become, movie is above me. Yeah, <laughs> the more that I've become like uh, I mean, Lord knows I've never made a movie, but let's let's call it uh, showbiz adjacent. The I mean, more I mean, that the I Lord become, would know that the Lord knows all. Yeah, <laughs> showbiz adjacent. I it's more like a feeling of there before the grace of God goes on. Like I <laughs> I start getting like this weird fondness where I'm just like. You know what? You got out there and you tried. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get them next time. Have some orange slices. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're watching, your yeah, you're more you're more the the supportive coach. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, but for me, like, so that origin of being puberty, puberty area of just like being a shit disturber, or at least just a shit disturber, and just kind of like making fun of these things with other friends and having a blast. Like the movie wasn't important. Now it was just like, I'm hanging out with my buddies. And then like, you know, you grow up, you go to a different school. I'm not friends with those kids anymore or whatever. Not even Facebook friends with them. But, uh, wow. But you, yeah, uh, yeah, sick burn. Well, you're too busy uh, with your new QAnon crew that you keep telling me about. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> trust me, you got to believe it. It's it's real pizza game. No, it's not. Please edit that out. I shouldn't have said those um, <laughs> Too late. No. This is going out live on Joe Rogan's channel. Oh, damn it. Oh, wow. Damn it. So I feel like I went through a phase of doing that and then 
like I said, the VHS stores kind of closed down and then it became a thing of just like I went I went into film school and it was just kind of like, oh, we're analyzing movies, but we're also making fun of them. You know, like it that that feeling is the same feeling that I get from listening with like with you guys. Honestly, I'm sorry to be like a, a fanboy about the whole thing, but it's just like you guys bring that bring me back to that <laughs> slumber party <laughs> when I was a yeah. teen, really young teen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um we're the cool slumber party that you aren't friends with anymore on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it's so one-sided. You guys are just so funny with it that uh, I don't have to say anything. And it's 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 a blast listening to it. But it's just like I mean, that is that is the uh, Flophouse slogan. You mentioned it before. A bunch of assholes in a room, or whatever it was, being assholes I mean, that in a room. De- that describes so many things, though. Like a, yeah. like. Congress and uh, most mm-hmm. corporate boardrooms. And, wow. You know. I guess we're opening our third eye, guys. <laughs> Good one, Elliot. The, uh, no, I think you guys are right. Like, I feel like the thing that I love about Mad Movies is that it, it taps into the same thing that, like, I feel like humans that are searching for a partner are looking mm-hmm. for somebody that when weird shit is happening, they can give that person a look and there will just be a knowing look in their eyes that you will be able to share a moment without having to say anything. And watching bad movies I kind of is kind of the same way, like being able to watch a bad movie and having a friend that you can share that that like weird thing with is really great. So that's what that's what we are. We are somebody's perfect mate. <laughs> because, and we're going to find out who on today's episode of Flop Date. So, Dan, can you bring in the contestants? Uh, sure. For flop date, um, the ones we're supposed to go on dates with to find out who we're the perfect mate of. It, uh, Yoo-hoo, boys! <laughs> oh no! Oh, and what's your name, Miss? <laughs> I don't know. I'm an old. La- I'm a lady from an old cartoon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, probably a, like a flower name, like Petunia or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, this is going to make it harder to make Flop Date Island. That was going to be the the next episode, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's right, going to end so- up being the three of us on an island. Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart, and I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Our comedy podcast, Jordan Jesse Go, just celebrated its fifteenth anniversary. It was a couple months ago, but we forgot. Uh, Yeah, completely. Our our silly show is 15 years old. That makes it old enough to get its learner's permit. And almost old enough to get the talk. Wow, I hope you got the talk before then. A lot of things have changed in 15 years. Our show's not one of them. We're never changing and you can't make us. Jordan, Jesse, go the same forever at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Prepare yourself for the greatest pro wrestling podcast spectacular known as Tights and Fights. A back-dropping audio showcase that helps you understand the world of pro wrestling with a lot of love and no toxic masculinity. Featuring host Danielle Radford. Time to kick butt and chew gum, and I'm all out of butts. Lindsay Cow. I'm a brutal Brit, and my fists were made to punch and hit. And Hal Lublin. I was doing the voiceover this whole time. Hear us talk about pro wrestling's greatest triumphs and failures. And make fun of its weekly absurdities. On the Perfect Wrestling Podcast. Tights and Fights. Every Saturday, Saturday, Saturday on Maximum Fun. So I'll, I'll ask the question to you guys. Where did okay, you okay. guys get hooked on this drug of watching a bad movie with other people? Like, what was, what was your first uh, experience with it? 
well, I got hooked on bad movies the nerdiest way through books, uh, which was <laughs> my brother, uh, my brothers John and Rob. I'm not sure whose it was uh, specifically. They had the book, The Golden Turkey Awards, by uh, the Medved brothers, who uh, Michael Medved has gone on to be a, a terrible asshole uh speaking of assholes but uh at the time he was a lovable man who would just put out books ripping apart other people's movies <laughs> yeah uh but you know like it was it was a you know sort of one of the earlier like mainstream like hey let's all have fun laughing at bad movies things um and i read it cover to cover i was fascinated with all the the bad movies in there. That's kind of where the like plan nine from outer space got its reputation. That was the one that they chose as the worst movie of all time. And then of course, um, mystery science theater, uh, later on. Um, but, uh, yeah. What, what about you guys? Uh, I had pretty much the same story, so I can't really, I have nothing to add. <laughs> so, so books like that exactly. Well, book, I, I didn't. Then, I actually. I, I feel like I discovered those books after I discovered Mystery Science Theater. But that's not right. that. But I do remember showing my friends Mystery Science Theater and finding out that they did not find it as funny as I did, and being horrified by this. And I think the only, the only thing I can compare it to is when I discovered Monty Python and showed it to my friends, and they did not find that as funny as I thought it was. And I was like, Why am I friends with these people? Like, what's what's going on? I don't understand. But uh, but I guess I was searching for again that communal. Aspect You're searching it, for young Dan McCoy in the basement of Ju- Juvie Hall. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like, seriously, if you would have shared, like, I, same thing with, went for me with Monty Python. Like, I got the scripts to the Monty Python sketches there. They, they published them. Yeah. And would share them with other, like, I was sharing videotapes, things that I had and stuff like that. And none of my friends at that time, the ones that I'm not friends with on Facebook, none of them mm-hmm. got it. Like, they just were like, what is this weird shit? I, but like, I, remember- I think if, yeah. Yeah. No, so what were you going to say? Sorry. No, I just, I, I, it kind of makes sense that like if you had that also, Elliot. We all friends. had that one friend we tried to introduce to Mystery Science Theater three, uh, 3000 and was not into it. And instead, yeah. he just wanted to watch Major League every day for a summer. <laughs> and you know what? You just watch it with them because they're your friend and Major League kind of rules. <laughs> yeah, right. We did all have that experience. That is, the, that is a universal experience. It's a universal experience. As seen in Joseph Campbell's book, the, the hero with a thousand friends who don't want to watch Mystery Science Theater and just want to watch Major League every day for a summer. But we watched it anyway. <laughs> This here only had the one friend. Uh, But I, so yeah, Mystery Science Theater was obviously my introduction. But then for me, like a big part of it was uh, the communal aspect for me was in high school. The guys that I, uh, on on the weekends, the guys that I would play role-playing games with, like one night on the weekend, we would stay up, we'd stay up all night playing role-playing games. The next night, we would go to Blockbuster or whatever local video store, family video ideally, because they had the best selection. Uh, and pornography, um, and we would rent like a handful of tapes, and we would just sit around watching. Uh, we would all, it would almost always be bad horror movies, and we'd just watch a stack of bad horror movies, and we'd complain the whole time, and uh, that was great. And I miss that in somebody's stinky well, basement like mine. And <laughs> you know, as long as this movie or this movie, as long as this episode of the Flophouse uh, has kind of a Flophouse origins uh, theme in it, like. You know, when uh, I first came to New York, uh, Stuart was here in New York as well. And I, we've said this in the past, but um, 
you know, we, we didn't know each other so well in college. We had friends in common, but then being, you know, new to New York, uh, we started hanging out much more frequently and, most of what we did was we'd get together and be like, all right, what's the dumbest movie we could watch together? Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was even before the podcast, that was like early bonding for uh, me and Stu. Mm -hmm. Because we both wanted to watch the dumbest possible thing we could find from that video store on Atlantic Avenue, right? Yeah. Was it family video? Which one was? Oh, that's hard. That's hard to remember. Or was it? Yeah, it was on Atlantic. Yeah, it's that gone was back. Now. It doesn't matter. I, it's gone. No, I just twenty years. Yeah. I just remember, like you know, in the early days of the flop house, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it it was videos. It was DVDs that we would be watching. You know, like I would go to what was nearby, and, and like I remember one day I came back with Bratz, and you guys were like, "I don't know, <laughs> I don't know about this." <laughs> Like, I got a feeling. We're like, did you want to watch this? Did you rent this to watch after we left on your <laughs> own? Or yeah, I got put on a watch list for. Her. Uh-huh. <laughs> Worth it though. What a great movie. So yeah. So question for you guys then. Like you, I know life has put you guys up in different places and COVID isolation and stuff like that. So before in the olden days when you guys were recording this you guys were watching the movie together together the whole time yes. right mm-hmm. like in the same yeah. room yeah. always in the watch. same room and then we record it right afterwards in the same immediately room. right yeah okay. and mm-hmm. that's how these guys got to watch me eat so many chickens over the course of those years <laughs> it still haunts uh, me but and, and i would and, be like and i would be getting drunk while watching the movie so by the time yeah. we started recording i was definitely drunk and uh, you'd see uh and dan was tired because he'd either fallen asleep or was watching looking at something on his phone that only or, happened know. one time that dan fell asleep but it was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was one of the transformers movies so uh, so then now you guys watch it separately or do you guys watch it on a, a shared call no we it's watch a, it separately which means okay. that we're kind of back to watching a move a bad movie on our own uh, yeah. Although now we know that there's a professional, semi-professional reason yeah. to do it. Right. Um, but yeah, it's uh, – or I guess Dan Dan watches with Audrey. Stu, I don't know if Shirley watches with you. If I ever try Most to watch Most of the with, time, no, yeah. If I ever try to watch with my wife, she usually stops watching or falls asleep about 20 minutes in, 25 <laughs> minutes in. So I, she still doesn't know who committed the crime in House of Gucci. So It was Gucci. It was Gucci the whole time. Yeah. yeah. The but there is we do get some of the communal aspect of it because it is Shows. fun to watch a bad movie by ourselves and then come together and like I'm I'm always looking forward to see what what they have to say about it and uh, I like to be surprised when Dan likes the movie. Although at this point <laughs> I think I'm just gonna assume he likes most movies. Yeah. Now I'm more surprised when I he doesn't like, like the movie. I just like movies. Guys, <laughs> when Dan, whenever we record, Dan just goes, you know, the magic of the movies, fresh, yeah, yeah. fresh baked popcorn, and yeah. you got your, uh, <laughs> you got a Twizzler in one hand. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Heartbreak I'm feels good there here. with Nicole Kidman. <laughs> you know, just watching the twinkles on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> twink, just give me those screen twinkles. Just make them twink, extra twinkly, and put them on the biggest screen you can get. Screen me those twinks. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> No. <laughs> well, it's short for twinkles. Uh, but yeah, so, so Dan Dan has become an old softy. I uh, 
now that I, I know that uh, I see my children getting older and see the sand running out of the hourglass of my life, I get uh-huh. angrier and angrier at these movies that I'm spending yeah, you, you, you watching You look in your them. hands and you see hairs falling out of your head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> falling out passing. Of my, hairs falling out of my palms. The palms, I, I earned that hair with, with mm. all of my self-abuse over the years, and now I'm losing it? Terrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> so would you guys... Okay, I was going to ask that question about the like watching it together because I always assumed if you guys were watching it together, you guys were making comments, kind of almost. I almost would assume you would be making bits or like. No, Dan sometimes texts us while he's watching together. Them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so we go, like, we go save it for the podcast. Well, maybe we should do that, guys. Maybe we should do that sometime. We'll watch it on like a, on like a mm-hmm. Google Hangout. Do they still do we'll that? All sync up. Yeah. I mean, we could. Yeah. Uh, we you'd have to text us when your dishwashing time is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't yeah, have, we'd to, have watch to watch this while I watch this. A bunch of 30-minute chunks. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I, and El- I would want you to be doing dishes, too, at the same time. Elliot would yeah. often, Elliot would often, we'd have, that's when I do calls with Elliot, and I then termed it bath time. Because it just sounded <laughs> like Elliot was giving me a bath. A little. <laughs> <laughs> just like, it's wonderful audio. Uh, well, you, yeah. you you clink and clank like uh, porcelain, too, so that's the other part yeah. of it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Half my body here in Canada. That's what it is. Well, I feel like we've answered all the questions we set out to answer tonight. Why do mm. people watch bad movies? What is Anuki? Uh, what's, and it turns out the answer is the friends we made along the way. Uh, no, no they answered all those questions, yeah. Um, so, Eric, is there anything else, you any final thoughts you wanted to give to us before we close out this miniature kind of a little diorama episode of a, of the Flophouse, a little nutshell episode of the Flophouse, like uh, the, that little library of murder scenes that that person put together to, uh, to teach forensics people about. Do you know the one I'm talking about? What? Anyway, <laughs> never mind. Eric, did you have any, did you have any, did you have any parting shots? No, just keep on trucking, guys. You know, I'd love, I'd, I'd love to hear you guys even more. You know, that I feel like that's been a request I've had with Dan from when the show. Longer episodes is what I'm hearing. Longer more. No, seriously, and, and, longer, longer episodes or like more often. I'm ha- I love that hey, you guys we, do the minis. Like this I, is the right. This is the time to announce it. We're going daily, everybody. A no. new episode every no. day. Oh God. Now, would you if if we if somehow our pledges were at such a high level that this could be our only job? Would you? consider doing a daily episode of this show every day oh, we watch sure. a better if, if it was it. our okay. if well i mean like what kind of money are we talking here <laughs> i mean like I, I, not i, I mean a, you're not rich but like you don't have to worry until the show ends and then you have no retirement savings mm-hmm. and no skills <laughs> and no skills yeah and you're certainly not earning guild health insurance off of off no. the podcast but yeah uh, but like there's there's the there's the fan in me and also the uh, bullshit artist producer who would be like yeah guys trust me there's gonna be an audience for you if you do this every day of your life like they're gonna be coming for you, you guys are gonna be influencers all you guys gonna move together into an influencer house and oh, you're yeah. totally gonna like yeah uh, it's gonna be the flop and house we've just got to we just got to pump out that ten to fifteen hours of content a week yeah. and we'll be, well we'll be sitting pretty. Speaking of this being the only job I have, uh, before we say goodbye to Eric, uh, I just want to mention the live show. <laughs> oh, we to probably should have mentioned that at the top. <laughs> theflophouse.simpletix.com. Theflophouse.simpletix. That's T-I-X.com. Not T-I-C-K-S uh, like, ah, Lyme disease. T-I-X yeah, like short for tickets. For uh, $10, you can get yourself a ticket to the Masters of the Universe live 
streaming show. We're doing a live show, but we're doing it online because we still don't feel comfortable touring out in the world. So um, on Saturday, March 19th at 9 p.m. Eastern, that's 6 p.m. where Elliot lives on the other coast. What are we going to be reviewing? We got Masters of the Universe from 1987. Uh, That's right. Based We're taking on, on He Man and the Masters of the Universe, the live action He Man movie. I'll talk about this when we when we when we do the show. That is my first experience, I think, as a kid with seeing an adaptation of a property I loved made by adults who could not care less about it and are just going to change everything they can about it because they don't care. Uh, so yeah. it was a very jarring experience for me as a young person, but I haven't watched the movie since then as a result, so we're going to see. I was very into it as a kid. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so we'll discuss March 19th. the movie. We'll uh, do some uh, presentations and other comedy bits. Uh, this is You're not going to get to see uh, my apartment. You're going to get to see Elliot's uh, torture garage and Dan's bookshelf. <laughs> it's it's going to be great. Yeah, it's just a garage. This is this is yeah. This is not a uh, screening of the movie. We do not have the rights to Masters of the Universe. Uh, this is just you know what we would do on the road, which is you know talk about a movie plus is, other stuff. Yeah, we'll um, be doing our, our presentations and questions from the audience and talking about. Masters of the Universe, starring Dolph Lundgren, Courtney Cox, Frank Langella, and Billy Barty, the only movie with that cast. So, <laughs> so if you want to hear about those actors, this is your one chance. But uh, Eric, thank you for joining us uh, from the frozen north. Is there anything you want to plug or anything? Uh, I could plug Far Cry 6, but I'm not getting a kickback because I left the company, so it doesn't oh. really go into my bank account, but... Uh, Far Cry 6. I work on video games and they take like five years to make. We put a lot of heart and soul into it and then it just kind of goes. So I'm working on something <laughs> that'll come out in like four years. So, <laughs> so I'll be back maybe in four years to plug that one. Yeah, but you can, oh, you can cool. plug it for people to, you know, enjoy your work, you know? Yeah. And you've uh, nope. you've snuck uh, Flophouse references into uh, stuff Every- in the past. Every game I work on, I have you guys in there in multiple degrees. I even have, like, at the end, I worked on the Eastern Campaign. The country's broken up into three parts of uh, Far Cry 6. And at the end, there's a bad guy that you have to face off with. And if you don't kill him, you have the option to not kill him. I'm spoiling the the ending for you. Mm -hmm. If you don't pull the trigger on him, he'll just call somebody. You're in the room with him, but he'll just start calling, like, other pieces of shit like himself. And... Some of the people on the car on the call are 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 Elliot, uh, Stewart, and just references those guys. And I think even even mentions the house cat. But it's just it, it's just I just throw in things there just to be like, yeah. Eh, I don't know if anybody will find it, but maybe the the, the flop house players who people who find, find it, it they'll mm-hmm. find it. So you guys are in there. And the bad guy's name is McKay. We tried oh. McCoy, but everybody was just like. It's gonna be Star Trek, so it yeah. got morphed into McKay. So you were you, Dan, you you were going to be the the piece of shit <laughs> asshole wow. of the whole campaign. That was the original plan, but. inspired by at least. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah based yeah, on yeah. a true story, right? <laughs> He's an evil well, college professor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Dan and Stuart, it's always a great time uh, spending time with my friends, talking great. bad movie stuff. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to this special Flophouse mini walk down 
slightly memorably lane. Memorably lane is what I called it. <laughs> memorably lane. lane. It's memorably lane was named after Fred Memorably, the inventor of memories. <laughs> Memories, <laughs> and when and when he was telling, he wanted to name it after himself, but More he the, the, the patent oh, office guy okay. was here taking it over a over the phone, and he mis, misheard it and he misspelled yeah. it. So anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, again, that's our live show is on March nineteenth. Uh, tickets are available now, though. At what was it, Dan? Uh, the Flophouse dot dot com. And we'll be back with you next week with another all new episode of. The, the flop, flop house. house. That flop house. We'll work on that. Is that uh, a thing we do? Bye, everybody. Bye. Let's see ya. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.